0: Yeah, like I looked at having a job, you know, as the safe and secure. And that's what this, I guess, society and people like banks look at as, you know, this person's really secure because they have X amount of salary a year. But then I went into this job and got made redundant. Mm. <laughs> it's like
1: Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo.
0: What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realizing you did something you hated and have regret.
1: Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday.
0: This bit of content listening to this is gonna be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently.
1: For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself and if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never gonna be happy. Good everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. I'm welcoming Ben Perry back onto the podcast. Ben featured on episode 17 to speak about his journey as creative director at RPM. So this will probably be like episode 140 something, if not 150 something. So to think that we've gone from episode 17 to that is pretty cool. Uh, since then he's started his own creative agency and had many challenges throughout that we're going to talk about. So I thought what better time to bring him back to discuss the that process for anyone else out there looking to kind of go out on their own, take a leap of faith or follow what they're passionate about, which for me is actually the case right now. So Ben, thank you so much for coming back on the pod. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm really good. Um, Sarah, doing great. Thanks. Good to be back. I think the last time we spoke was like end of March 2020. So Mm. very first lockdown. Yeah. Um, So a lot's changed for me since then and I'm sure a lot's changed for you as probably all of your listeners as well. So yeah, it's good to be back and um, dive in again.
1: When we spoke recently about going out on your own uh, and this concept around risk, you mentioned something or a phrase where you said it's like being, you kind of torn between being pushed off a cliff versus jumping with reference to kind of your story. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Long story
0: short, I worked at RPM Clothing for 11 years off the back of COVID, went back for a couple of months and decided to um, make a bit of a change. I sort of got shoulder tapped from another company and sort of decided that that was going to be my next, next step was to join, join in on with these guys. And then sort of four months into that got made redundant from there. It was like, this is where I referenced this jumping off a cliff versus getting pushed off a cliff. So you're standing on the top of say a 30 foot cliff about to jump into the water. When it's your decision, you've made a bunch of educated, you know, choices around jumping off that cliff. And you know it's going to be okay because you've, you've, you know, assessed the risk and you're going, cool, I've got this. I'm going to be fine. Mm. <laughs> Whereas when you get pushed off the cliff, it's uh, kind of about survival, right? So it's all those little things kick in as to, you know, basically surviving, getting pushed off that cliff.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And when you say surviving, what were the elements of that that you then had to go through as a result of something happening that was probably quite shocking, really?
0: Yeah, for sure. So if you were going to go out on your own, the way you'd I'd probably typically do it would be to line up some clients while you still had a job, probably working that forty hours a week, and you know looking to transition in um, some freelance clients while you had that security of that that job. But you know being made redundant with having not really had any of that planned was probably mm-hmm. you know a pretty pretty big shock. I
1: think also, and we sort of spoke about this. And I've had some of my own experience with this as well. Like There can be an element of shame when it comes to redundancies or leaving jobs earlier than you thought, regardless of, I guess, sometimes whether it was your choice or not, because you then think, how is that going to appear to other people? Was that the case for you at all?
0: Yeah, totally. I've never been made redundant before, so... Yeah, there was definitely like a massive bit of shame that came along with it. Working mm-hmm. for RPM for such a long time, it was kind of like one of the first things that people would ask you. It would be like, hey, Ben, how are you? How's RPM? You know what I mean? And so then to transition into then this next job, that naturally came, hey, Ben, how's the new job? You know, and to be like, wow, actually, I got made redundant, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it was pretty tough, hey? Like, I definitely went into a bit of a bit of a hobbit mode for a while and kind of mm. you know didn't sort of venture out into public as much and yeah it was it was pretty rough on the mental health I guess like to to come out of that and now now I look back on it I'm like there's absolutely no shame in it it was completely out of mm. my controls it's not my decision it's nothing that I did but yeah at the time it was it was tough for sure.
1: Absolutely. Like it's no representation on you or your ability, but then that makes moving into a freelance capacity so much harder because you're then having to value yourself and your skills. Meanwhile, feeling this sort of shame of what's just happened. How did you navigate that?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Right. So I was like, do I apply for some jobs or what, what do I do? I was actually lucky enough to have one or two freelance clients that I was working on at the time. So I kind of approached them straight away and was like, hey, this has happened. What? How much scope here is there for more work, basically? And they were both really good. And that was probably what got me through the start of it and then pushed me into it. I applied for a couple of other jobs and I was like, well, I've got 11 years on, you know, of work experience at RPM. And then I've got four months at this other job. Do I even mention this four months at this other company? Mm. I ended up putting it in my CV for the jobs that I went for. And it was like really surprising for me that the employers didn't care about, I, you know, I was really honest with all of them and they did not care about this four months at this other company or what happened there or anything. They, all they cared about was the 11 years at RPM that they saw before that. So, cause I was like, well, what, what looks worse a four month job or a four month gap, you know, post COVID it's kind of like, like, I had to weigh that one up and, and I was like, well, look, like mm. I'm a pretty transparent person and I'm just going to put down exactly what happened and I'm just going to be really honest with with what happened here. In a couple of companies, I applied for jobs. One I didn't get and that was cool, but we had a really good chat. And then one actually became a client who is still a client now. Um, they offered me a job and then I ended up taking the freelance route and they said, hey, well, we'd love for you to work on our brand with us.
1: I get that question a lot actually around CVs and times of employment and jobs and I suppose there's differences in situations because within a redundancy a lot well, it's never your fault it's always just a case of that's how it went sort of situation but then it can be similar with people leaving early if they you know just didn't enjoy it or it didn't align with them or whatever the case was and then worried about how that's going to appear but I think from what you're saying it sounds like actually just being honest about it regardless of what the situation was is probably going to come off the well it's going to come off the most authentic to the employer but also be more of an indication of the type of person you are if you can just talk about that as honestly as possible do you think?
0: Yeah totally like I think any employer is gonna gonna be sitting there and be like well this person's been really transparent and honest with me Is that a good trait that we want in our business? And I think it's always going to be yes, right? Rather than trying to cover up, you know, and and if you needed a break, if you needed a month or two months off because you were struggling mentally or whatever, like, um, or you went on holiday or there's any amount of reasons you need to support family or whatever it was like, that's your choice and that's okay. And if an employer doesn't understand that, then, then you probably don't want to work for them anyway, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, And speaking of time off, that is something that you can get paid for while doing in a (laughs) normal job, which is probably one of the biggest benefits is, you know, having those things like sick pay and annual leave. And that's what something and that's, I guess, a part of what makes a job safe and secure, right? So since transitioning to self-employment, do you still view those things as security and something you do not have now that you are a freelancer
0: yeah for sure it's 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 easy to get complacent in a job like that and you know you definitely I definitely look at people that have four weeks of paid leave a year and I'm like well that'd be nice but (laughs) then (laughs) or a sick day you know like I'm just coming off the back of a little bit of a cold and you just have to battle through all week and and get the job done because if you don't you don't get paid, right? Then on the other side of the foot, you charge appropriately for that, right? You have to have that in the back of your mind that you're probably not going to be working over Christmas, or you're probably not going to be working at some point through the year. And then you also have a lot more flexibility over your schedule, say during the week anyway, right? If you wanted to book out a certain amount of time or a day to do something, I was out started this week, Monday, Tuesday, and the calendar's just blocked out. You don't have to ask anyone if you want to take a day off. You don't have to apply for leave. You don't have to call in sick if you're sick. You know, you just, you just, your clients won't even know if you're sick for the day. You know, like Mm. you're going to either battle through or you're going to work from bed for the day.
1: Do you think that's something? Because I think initially, when I think about that as a part of self-employment, I'm like, oh, annoying but then I think uh, over time you sort of just becomes a norm right so you get used to it and that is what it is
0: yeah for sure it's definitely like definitely like my first year I went, I went out freelancing uh October last year so I had a like pretty strong run into Christmas and then just did nothing for like two or three weeks right and then I was mm-hmm. like oh like I gotta get this ball rolling again <laughs> in <some> January <laughs> um you know, because there's, when there's nothing coming in, it's uh, you know, and you're effectively you, you're paying yourself each week. It's um, yeah, it's a little bit scary when, when there's nothing coming in.
1: Do you think that the safety and security of having autonomy and control of your own schedule now outweighs the safety and security of those things like leave and sick pay? Yeah, definitely. I mean, me personally, and this might not be everyone that goes out freelancing,
0: but I don't think I would ever go back to having a job. You know, I love working with my clients. I love, you know, working with people, but I I really enjoy, I can control, you know, how much I work, how much I earn. It's kind of up to me. It's not up to somebody else. If I want to earn more money, I, I work more hours or I take on more clients or I, I charge more. When you're working for someone, that's someone else's call. And so, yeah, having that freedom, that's something I'd never go back to having a job, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think it's an interesting shift that I am noticing as well with COVID happening and, you know, recessions on the horizon, etc., etc. People don't necessarily feel that jobs are that classical, traditional safe and secure anymore. And so maybe relying on yourself then does become – that thing that allows you to have more safety and security because you're relying on yourself, but also more enjoyment because you're in control of your own schedule, which is an interesting shift. And I think probably maybe a wake up call for employers to be like, you know, you need to start considering how you treat your staff as a whole, because the whole landscape of employment might shift to where lots more people feel that freelancing or contract work is going to, it's going to be easier yeah
0: like I looked at having a job you know as the safe and secure and that's what this I guess society and people like banks look at as you know this person's really secure because they have x amount of salary a year but then I went into this job and got made redundant Mm. (laughs) so it's like now I have that's like having all your eggs in one basket, right? So totally. now I've got my eggs in multiple different baskets, multiple different clients. If one drops off, one can come back on. I would never put that into someone else's hands anymore after that kind of experience, I guess.
1: Mm, mm. I love that kind of change as well. It seems like so much has happened and maybe shifted in your mindset towards work, especially over that time. When you do look back across that movement to self-employment would you say there are any main themes that are required to make it a success first and foremost but also and probably more importantly actually enjoyable
0: I guess it's like really a lot of hard work like I thought I worked hard in my previous jobs but that's kind of been blown out of the water now there's just so many little things and then but the catch-22 is you get really passionate about it too, right? It's like, oh, if I do this, I can grow this or I've, I can do this. And then you've got your head in zero for a while trying to figure out what's what or get your head around that whole side of things. So definitely like hard, hard work is like a mm-hmm. main one for me. It's, it's definitely not just going to fall into your lap. The next one would be relationship building. I have a little bit of a background in sales. So for me, I was approaching businesses some of them that i knew well and some that i didn't know as well and effectively you're trying to sell yourself i used to sell t-shirts now i'm trying to sell myself right so and my skill set so that was a big one and then just maintaining those relationships and making sure that those clients are always happy and you know the work's getting done my job is a constant juggling act it's never really looks the same each week but it's just making sure that you have that right mix of having enough clients to wear you know, you're doing well as a business, but then also not having too many to where you can't satisfy, you know, what they need. And then also, I guess when you come back to having fun, it's like, yeah, like, why did you get into working for yourself? You know, is it that you wanted to be financially better off or is it that you wanted to have a better lifestyle? I was probably looking for both. <laughs> In some weeks, I have a much better lifestyle and mm. some weeks I don't. Some weeks I feel like I work and work and work. Um, but yeah, like it kind of goes back to what I touched on before. If you have something on or you need to block something out, you just block your calendar out and you work you know it seems to me that the work just falls in around that. Even if I check the surf forecast now and I know there's going to be waves on a Thursday and the tide's good at 10 o'clock, I'll just book that out and I'll just go hey, I'm gonna go surfing for that time and it's not mm. not for anyone. None of my clients are seeing my calendar and going, oh, hey, he's going surfing at this time. It's for me. So I see it and I go, here's your, here's your time, and this is what you've allocated to yourself, and now you can go surfing at this time. So there's definitely some discipline there for me, but also, like, if you're not doing that, then, yeah, what's the point, you know? I can walk out of this house or my office anytime I want. I don't have to ask for permission or do any of that. So, yeah, what's the point in doing it all if, if you're not, you know, really getting those benefits as well
1: yeah it's so important to actually block that time out because as you probably know you wouldn't do it if you didn't you'd probably just keep working through or like you'd just get caught up in whatever you're doing
0: yeah for sure I have so many like Fridays where I'm like I reckon I'll I'll get a 12 o'clock knockoff today and then I'm still here at five o'clock like Mm -hmm. just plugging away because there's just something that came up or there was something that I was like oh I could do that whether that's working on your your own brand or You know, like something came in from a client last minute or you're invoicing or you're looking at zero or you're, you know, trying to build your yeah, your own business brand up. You know, there's AVOs where I go, Yeah, cool. Okay, drop tools and that's the AVO off for me.
1: You mentioned hard work as a part of that, which I think is really key. It's important to think about how we can work smarter, not harder, as well as a freelancer. Is there any things you've learned about how to do that through the time?
0: Yeah, definitely, like, at the start, I was arms wide open, every client, let's go, like, I'm going to work on whatever works out there and what needs to be done. As things have progressed a little bit more, I can definitely be a lot more selective now and work on brands that, one, I really enjoy working on, and two, that kind of suit my skill set, you know, to the T as well. So I guess, like, going after those clients that you know you can do a good job for and not, it's not going to be easy, but you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have to try and upskill yourself to get the work done, I guess. I don't think there's any way to completely dodge hard work. At the start, you know, you might be hours up here and pace here and then you can kind of hopefully get that to, you know, a bit more of a middle ground there as you can, you know, start to charge more, be more selective. Yeah. And just really value your, value your work, I guess. Know your value. And it's hard at the start when you're obviously getting pushed off the cliff. It's kind of like, what what don't even know what value your value is then you know because you're just trying to scramble but as you know you get settled into it a little bit more then I think that's for me was a big learner It's was like what is my value what can I do here what am I
1: worth I've always really struggled with that selling yourself piece and trying to work out exactly that like what is the the value you're offering and how can you be confident in that is that something you've struggled with like how did you overcome that I suppose
0: yeah, a little bit. Like at the start, I was definitely not charging enough. But for me, it's just like, it's it's really simple. Eh? It's like, what value can I add to this company? And then what do I think I can charge for it? You might not always get the job. You know, at the start, I probably got a lot more jobs because I probably quoted a lot lower, but then I was just getting swamped, right? And then, so now it's probably like, hey, this is what I'm worth. This is what I want to do it for. And, you know, then it's up to the client as to whether they see the value in that. Mm.
1: I think you mentioned something when we were talking as well last time around the niche that you have as a brand and I guess you've kind of built your own brand for the brand right like you work with certain types of businesses now that suit your style and that then means you can kind of build out what you're doing around that and probably charge accordingly
0: putting out there as a creative the work that you're putting up and the clients that you're working with you'll then attract the the, client, the similar clients back, right? You're not going to get something like fully left field that someone sees your portfolio and goes, oh, that, that guy will suit us. You know what I mean? You're kind of going to get like clients that are going to kind of be very similar to the work mm. you're already doing.
1: Switching over to passion projects because you have one, which is really cool. And I understand the battle of having multiple things going on at once, but I really want to talk about public runners. So it's a not-for-profit inclusive running club based in the Mount what does this project bring into your life that having your own business just hasn't?
0: Public Runners was started January twenty twenty, so pre COVID. It was actually called Twenty Twenty Run Club at the time, which was our founding year. Then, in the last lockdown, we actually did a rebrand because, I mean, no one <laughs> really liked Twenty Twenty, did they? And then... <laughs> um. I thought there was a few <laughs> negative connotations towards that. So we rebranded it public runners. Um, so basically we're a community running group um, and we are focused on uh, community movement and self-improvement. So we meet up once a week uh, on a Monday night at six o'clock and it's not a race. It's not about who's the fastest. It's just about catching up with some like-minded crew, getting together, having some chats and, you know, getting a, a Sweden. I work on these clients all week, right? I currently don't have my own brand or a, a product that I work on. So Public's like quite a cool little outlet that I can kind of do whatever we want to do visually or events or how it's run, it's kind of completely up to me and, and a few other of our mm. community members. It can be hard sometimes because it is a non-for-profit and it's it's free. Like I kind of look at it as a client that's seriously <laughs> <next> to me <laughs> as far as time goes. But it's a really cool creative outlet and it's, it's really special to be able to like build a community and give back and, you know, help people through their daily struggles you know through the platform of running
1: I love that so much because I think it's especially important to have those things outside of your normal job or day-to-day that are just for you or just for others like whether it's surfing whether it's like other a passion project whether it's a hobby like having those things that you work on that aren't tied to the value of what you you know necessarily get paid for even though it's quite similar in terms of branding etc it's just so important to have that I think to I don't know reignite your own creativity in some ways because then there's no pressure or control over what you are making out of it
0: yeah it's just like a bit of a it's a fresh take you know for the week it's like oh I've got to do this poster for public or I've got to do this Instagram tile for public or whatever it's like oh, cool, Like, let's go, let's do whatever I'm feeling on the brand at the time, you know? You're not on the clock because you're not charging for it. And it's actually become a really good place to network. It's a lot of young people that come along, similar age, like-minded.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, as you've sort of mentioned, and as I can imagine as a part of freelancing and everything within that, relationship building is such a huge part of it. And building trust with people is hugely important. What have you learned about doing that even whether it's been through Untitled or uh, public runners?
0: I think I said it was my number two major point or my number one major point of running businesses like relationships. I was really lucky after 11 years to have, and being in a town like Mount Maunganui, um, after 11 years at RPM, to have built a really strong network of people around me. Um, so when it did come to getting clients, uh, there was certain people that I've worked with on that brand or you know, whether it was an alcohol company or a bar or whatever that I could approach and be like, hey, look, I'm out on my own now. This is what I can do. This is the value I can add to your company. And that was probably where I I gained a lot of my clients. I just try and be, yeah, obviously as transparent as possible and open those lines of communication that if someone needs to get hold of me, they can. If someone needs to talk to me, they know where to find me. And whether that's a business thing or whether that's someone at Public Runners that needs to chat about something going on in their life or they want to talk about something that they need to do then you know I think it's just like making sure that that you're there for your your community or your your clients.
1: In my eyes a lot of that community-based impact is a huge uh, def- well it, it contributes to what my definition of success would be. Do you personally view success differently as a result of all the challenges that have come with this whole journey?
0: Yeah definitely like done a lot of Growing in the last couple of years, I eh? and I don't know whether that's like getting old and moving into my thirties and becoming a bit more wiser, but um, definitely viewed, you know, success from more of like a what's my salary or do uh, what what work car do I get or you know like where am I going on holiday this year as to like okay cool I'm out here doing it are we living a happy and fun and fulfilled life is there awesome people around me is there you know do I have cool clients am I stoked on the work I'm producing that's probably way more how I view success now there's still an element of like you know that financial that's like okay cool is the business doing well that's obviously a bit of a you know factor but there's definitely a lot of other things now that I look at that are like that's what's you know making me happy
1: And that's a cool reflection for you to have on yourself as well in terms of what you now consider to be success versus not.
0: Post-COVID, I think everyone's probably viewing their lives just a little bit differently now. I would not trade the experience or what I've gone through the last couple of years, I wouldn't trade that for anything because I think if I didn't, I would still be working in a job somewhere and I'd be, yeah, a bit of a different person, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a great recommendation to anyone listening to just go out there, quit your job, start (laughs) free Yeah,
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, my story is not going to be the same as everyone's story, but um, yeah, if there's like a few little takeaways out of that, I'm a pretty risk adverse person. Mm. So I wouldn't be jumping off the cliff, you know, willingly. I'd go, oh, I'll think about it for a couple of days, (laughs) maybe go back and do it. But you know, like, like I said, if I was going to go out and do it on my own, I would have done it a lot differently. But, yeah, it, w- it was sink or swim, right, and, um, and we're swimming.
1: Absolutely, and it's awesome to hear how someone has done that when they were pushed and how to manage that because, uh, yeah, it's one thing to have that set in your mind a year out, plan for it, and then gradually work up to that point, and it's a whole other thing to have to, like, at day zero, make it work
0: yeah and there's so many variables you know you want to plan that out for a year i mean that's what i would still recommend doing but you know covid could happen Mm -hmm. or something else could happen along that year or you know like there's so many variables like that may happen you might come into financial strife along that way because of something you might get sick there might be so many other things that could happen along that time that i think like you've just got to take the plunge at some point and um yeah really commit
1: Mm, i love that well thank you so much ben for jumping on again i've really appreciated having you here uh if you want to check out untitled you can have a look at that untitledstudio.co.nz and public runners what's the instagram for public runners
0: yeah we're just at public runners on instagram and if you're ever in mount maunganui on a monday night at six o'clock come link in
1: with us get some k's in awesome i love that cool thanks so much ben Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The 1UP Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The 1UP Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there.